praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness and for his mercy. We thank him for all of the, the, the blessings he gives us, all the benefits he gives to us, all the extra time, the love, the attention that he gives us, the second chances. Amen. Amen. We thank the Lord for that. Um, we're very much aware this morning um, that God is greater than all of our trials, all of our circumstances, all of our fears and concerns. God is greater than all of our issues and all of our problems. And um, not only is he greater than those things, but he's able to help us out with them. He's able to help get us through um get us through those things that trouble us, those things that um, that we really find ourselves um, besieged with at times. It um, gets difficult sometimes, but you know what? God is there, and if we turn to him, um, not um, whenever we need him, whenever we're in trouble, whenever the circumstance starts to, to turn sideways, God, God will help. If we come to him in sincerity, if we come to him in truth, God will help and he wants to help. He wants to help. So I hope someone um, this morning knows that. Um, we praise the Lord. We finished up our um, um, series in um, Second Chronicles um, chapter 7, and uh, we were talking about uh, fresh starts. Um, this lesson also is kind of um, dealing with uh, with fresh starts, so to speak. Um, but we, um, but we've moved away from second Chronicles and we're now in Matthew, uh, in particular, we're going to look at verses, um, 18 through, uh, um, it's chapter 18, rather verses 23 through, uh, through, uh, 35. We're going to read this, uh, this parable here that Jesus told. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about, um, forgiveness. We're going to talk about spiritual debt collecting. And um, in fact, the topic, um, um, the actual topic that we will be using uh, today is that of spiritual debt collectors. So without further ado, brothers and sisters, um, let's go ahead. Let's dive into Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35. <clears throat> and it reads as follows, starting at verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Amen. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw 
when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desiredest me. Shouldest not thou have also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. May the Lord have a blessing um, to the reading and the hearing and the doing of his word. We thank the Lord uh, for that. This is a wonderful scripture, um, very uh, uh, memorable story um, or parable in the Bible that Jesus uh, tells um, this, um, this parable that deals with the, um, the Lord and um, who, who has a servant in which he forgives this, uh, this debt. This parable comes, um, for those of you who are um, aware of this, this, this parable comes on the heels of the disciples, Peter in particular, um, asking Jesus, um, how often should I forgive my brother or someone that trespasses uh, against me? And, and, and in Peter's mind, he, he, he has a number and he says, do I do it just seven times? Is that, is that enough? If you, if you cross me seven times, um, do I just let it go seven times? If you cross me two times, is, is forgiving you those two times enough? Is that, is that going to satisfy um, the, 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 the question, and you read this really in, uh, in, in the same chapter, verse 18, chapter 18, you just, just go to verse 21. Then came Peter and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. And he asked that, that, that question. And, um, and brothers and sisters, that's, a, that's, a, that's an excellent question. That's a relevant question. That is a question for today. And in fact, some of you who are listening to this message or who will listen to this, this is very much your question. It's the one on your lips. It's the one that's in your, the back of your mind. It's the one you've been stewing on. It's the one you've been, you've been contemplating how long. And perhaps it's taken a different form. Maybe the question is not exactly how often shall I forgive him, but perhaps the question has taken the form of how long shall I put up with him? How long shall I put up <clears throat> with her? How long shall I deal with this? How long am I going to 
tolerate this? How long am I going to watch this? How long am I going to be a part of this? How long, how often shall my brother trespass against me? How often shall I forgive him when he does that, when she, when she does that? How often, how often? Brothers and sisters, there is another set of scripture that is very helpful in helping us establish and understand just what it is that God wants for us. Not just that, but it also goes further into helping us understand why he wants us to do what he's told us to do. Sometimes within, uh, sometimes um, you want to know why you're doing something. You ought to want to know that the word of God teaches that in all you're getting, all my getting, my goodness, we're to get an understanding glory to God. God wants us to get knowledge and understanding and, and wisdom and all of these 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 gifts that help you discern and see what's going on and when to and how to operate um, amidst what's going on. God doesn't want you to be in the dark, doesn't want me to be in the dark. So he tells us, commands us to get that understanding, get understanding. Don't be clueless. Don't be absent minded. Don't don't be unaware about what's going on. There are some things, family, that will catch you by surprise. There are some things that you are not going to 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 know. And that's okay. Listen, it is okay to not initially know something. Okay. But to stay ignorant, to stay in a state of unawareness. Now that is a travesty. And that is something we must avoid. It's okay to start out not knowing what the answer is, but you ought to be asking the question why on some things. Sometimes some people I have discovered won't ask the question why, not because they don't want to know, but because they are running from accountability. They know that as soon as they know something, they become accountable. And there are some people that are like that, that, that they don't want any type of responsibility whatsoever. So they will feign ignorance. They will, they will play the I don't know card. And some will go as far as to make sure that they literally do not know. That is not the will of God. Amen. Amen. The Lord wants us to have an understanding. And when God wants us to have an understanding, that's not just for the things that are in our day-to-day -day, uh, path and the things that we deal with on that level. No, it doesn't stop there, but it goes even further and it arrives at the destination of understanding and knowing the word of God. God wants you to understand why he told you some stuff. Now, there's some things you got to understand. God don't always give you the information all at once, but that doesn't mean he will not give it to you. No, doesn't mean that at all. God wants you to understand. God wants you to be knowledgeable. Why? Because God wants you to be a skillful believer, right? That is one who is able to discern the circumstances and the situation and is able to operate accordingly in the spirit, not guessing, not, uh, not knowing, not what to do, 
and so on and so forth. For example, if you're in a church service, amen. And hopefully you listening to this, you are attending a church. And if you're not able to attend the church, I pray that this is helping you in your spiritual walk. After all, that is what this is for. But if you are in a, in the context of the larger body of Christ, so you're in a church service and the church um, is in God begins to move in that in that service and he's moving a certain a certain way. Well, the absent minded believer will operate and do things that are inconsistent with the moving of the spirit. So for example, there can be a time in a service where, where the spirit, the presence of the Lord becomes so heavy and so thick that what hap what that the service actually begins to take on um, the, the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, for lack of a better way of saying this, but it begins to um, transition into a a very a ministering mode. Okay, the spirit will begin to move, and and something will be said, or maybe something will be sung, and it begins to strike a chord, and it begins to resonate on a deeper level within the body of Christ. And all of a sudden, the spirit, the the, the atmosphere becomes very solemn. It becomes very quiet. It becomes very thoughtful. It becomes that. Well, you don't just when 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 God begins to move that way, it would be out of order for you to go and begin to operate in a manner that is inconsistent with the spirit of God. So in other words, if the spirit of the Lord is ministering and touching hearts and, and it becomes a quiet a point, it would be inconsistent for me to go crank up the band and go uh, crank up the volume of everything else and, and attempt to switch the atmosphere from a solemn atmosphere to an atmosphere of, of perhaps praise and worship. You don't do that. You absolutely do not do that. And then when the, and vice versa, let's say the atmosphere is, is full of praise and worship and, and the joy of the Lord is just breaking forth. You don't go and switch the atmosphere and change it and bring it. No, if God is, if when God is operating in a certain way, okay, you don't go and take it upon yourself to operate in a manner in the service that is disruptive and changes the flow of what's going on. You don't do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. God wants us to be knowledgeable, aware of what's going on. God wants us to have a big picture, a big a clue. My goodness. He wants us to have the, a clue to what's going on. So he wants us to be observant and he wants us to move by the spirit, not your spirit, but move by his spirit. Glory to God. That's different. That's, that's different. God wants us to move by his spirit. There is another set of scripture that I want you to look at that we'll, we'll use a little bit later, Lord willing. It's Deuteronomy chapter 15. I want you to look at verses one and two. Deuteronomy 15, one and two, and it says this, at the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor, 
or of his brother because it is called the Lord's release. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to stick a pen in Deuteronomy chapter 15, one through two. And, and, and as the Lord wills, we're going to cross over that. But for right now, we're going to operate um, within Matthew chapter 18. And then where appropriate, Lord willing, we will pick up Deuteronomy 15 um, verses one through two, and we'll go and we'll deal with that. Brothers and sisters, family and friends, acquaintances and strangers and whoever you are who might be listening to this, wherever you are and whenever you might be listening to this, life is not without challenges. I'm sure that this goes without saying. Before I even said it, I think you're already pretty much aware of that. But in case you haven't noticed, life is not without its challenges. It's not without its ups and its downs and its circumstances. And some of them are really, really good. Some of them are really, really not. And, um, and sometimes you don't really quite know exactly what you're going to run into, exactly what you're going to, to get. Um, and so um, it's a fair statement. I think it's a fair statement to say life is not without its challenges. Okay. It doesn't mean that it's all bad. Challenges shouldn't necessarily bring to your mind, um, uh, you know, uh, problems and all of those different things. There's, there, can, there, there are good challenges and there are bad challenges, you know, um, but life will, will bring you that. You live long enough. You keep walking. You just keep going and you're going to run into some things. You're going to run into some, 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 some um, points where you're going to need to make some decisions about some things. You're going to, you, life has its challenges. Job 14.1 says this man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Amen. Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Now, yes, challenges can be good and bad, but for a moment, we're going to look more on the, the negative side of, of that. Job said, man is, that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of troubles. From the very beginning, it doesn't take long for problems. Sometimes the challenges that we face, they are in the form of problems. And it doesn't take long. It's what Job is showing us. This is what God is showing us through Job. It doesn't take long. Um, in the life of a man, the life of a person, before trouble begins to brew. It doesn't take long um, in the process, in the larger scheme of things, um, before trouble gets underway within the life of a person. Job said, in just a few days, he's of a few days, and he's full of trouble <laughs> just of a few days amen that word trouble is a very is a strong word is a, is a significant word the word trouble in uh in job uh, 14 uh and uh one there really means an event it refers to an event <laughs> that that causes disaster or pain okay 
it that's that that that's that's it's it it, it 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 so when we think of event we think of individual things that happen okay um a series of connected events if you will but or disconnected events regardless of whether they are connected or disconnected amen these are not the positive types of events okay but these are the events or circumstances or issues that cause distress okay or pain okay uh, and that can be disastrous, right? Um, the word I say, used before when I described it, I said event causing disaster, not really disaster. Um, I meant the word is, the word there is actually distress, okay? So not disaster. The word trouble here means an event that causes distress, okay? Or pain. Now, Job says that man is of a few days. That means that from the time that he is born, the time that she is born, all right, it's not long before there are circumstances surrounding that person that cause distress, amen, or he or she is involved in circumstances that have brought them distress or caused them pain. Amen. Okay. So you need to understand this can be both the person causing the distress and causing the pain, or it can be the person having distress or having pain caused or invoked upon them. Amen. So hopefully that makes uh, sense to you. Um, that word distress in Job 14 and one, he says, man is born, that is born of a woman is of a few days. That means it's not long before you involve, before, listen, before something going on that shouldn't be going on. Problems, issues. It doesn't take long. Okay. Sometimes life will bring us in contact with the positives of the human condition. It's the good stuff. Okay. Sometimes it will. And, and there's a lot um, there. There's, if, I'll be honest, there's a lot out there that is that is wrong. There's a lot out there that's that's bad. There's a lot out there that's terrible. But you need to understand it's not all wrong. It's not all bad. It's not all terrible. You can in 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 it, you can look at so much negativity that you start to become negative yourself your outlook becomes bad your 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 view of of the future and everything there's no more optimism there's no more positive outlook the glass is always or perpetually half empty depending on how you focus and what you focus your attention on you have to be careful because as bad as it is, there are still some very good things out there. And these things that are good out there, you, listen, God is worthy to be praised for them, but you will never praise him for those things that he's worthy of if you don't take time to pay attention. You gotta slow down. Don't take everything and lump everything into the same grouping. Don't bundle up everything. Don't assume. Don't, don't just because something over here isn't good, something over there isn't going great or whatnot. Don't take everything and everyone and lump them all into the same situation and category. Don't do that. 
Don't do that at all. You got people now who, who are walking in sin because they've chosen to lump everybody in the same category. How about the prejudiced person that has somebody who is of a different race or ethnicity do something wrong to them? And now all of a sudden, they assume everybody of that ethnicity is just like that. How about the person that didn't have anything done to them, but somebody told them that X, Y, Z was like this and that they're all like this and anything surrounding it is like this. And so now all of a sudden, without even giving something or somebody the benefit of the doubt, my goodness, it automatically gets categorized into a negative aspect. And it goes from the serious things like like prejudice or 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 anything uh, or um, racism deals with all of that but it also can be to the very very that's those are some extreme examples but how about how about some some month some very average everyday examples even in the form of food you don't like one thing, so you assume that everything like this, you're not going to like. So you got some people, they won't even try anything new. You see, do you, you see that? These assumptions, doesn't matter. How about just life experience? How about you have one, you, 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 you put some effort into to trying something, maybe it's for um, athletics or, or, or anything. It could be anything, it doesn't matter what it is. Well, it does matter. We're talking about some wholesome things. So we're not talking about unwholesome things. And you give it a try. Don't you don't do so well the first time, but then all of a sudden you throw all of it away. You say, I can't do that. This will never work. And so it's 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 it's, it's you categorize all of it. No, you don't do that. How about in the area of relationship? How many people have you known? That because of one person that they have dated or dealt with, and that person did them wrong, they assume everybody is just like that. Women who assume all men are terrible. And, and, and so they decide that, you know what, we ain't going to deal with men. We just going to deal with women walking in sin. And you got men that have been so, so done terribly wrong by by, by a woman that all of a sudden now all women are like this. So they decide I'm not going to deal with women at all. I'm just going to deal with another man walking in sin. You see that? How easy it is for these things to lead you into areas that God have not intended. Where you speak evil of things. Need a biblical example? Come here, Peter. The Lord telling him, Peter, rise, slay, and eat. What did Peter say? Nay, Lord, I've never put anything unclean and all of these to my lips. And I, I haven't done this and yada, yada, going all these different things. And what did the Lord have to tell him? Listen, what God have made, don't you call it unclean. He had the course corrected. Why? Because he had taken 
a blanket label and put it on everything. He had, didn't under the context. He, he wasn't operating in God's context. He was operating off of traditional interpretation, not which is devoid of spiritual understanding. And so when God gave him a command to rise, slay, and eat, who are you, Peter, to say you're not going to do what God told you to do? Do you see what I'm telling you? Do you see what I'm telling you? Peter wasn't intending to try to be like, th be like that, but, but he didn't realize that his response, nay, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I, they're unclean or what was from a misunderstanding of what God had given them spiritually prior in times past. Glory to God. Glory to God. Some of the instructions that God gave the children of Israel early on, those things were in preparation for teaching them, getting them ready for what? For the day when they would be living completely under grace. Now, all of it, they're all under grace and we're all um, being under grace. That grace ain't started from the very beginning, but I think you understand. And if you, and, and, and if you don't, that God was getting everything, all of the sacrificing and all of the temple worship, all that stuff, all of those things were types and shadows. They were examples of what was going to come or what was going to be done in the spirit, what was going to come at, through the sacrifice and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God was going to give them, God was going to give them something more, give us something more. Peter didn't realize that. And so his statement, his, 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 his response to Jesus, Peter rise, slay and eat. It was a statement that was without understanding true understanding of just what God was doing. Nevertheless, there are positives of the human condition and life will throw that at you. You're going to run into that sometimes. Um, there's a lot that is out there that is wrong, but it's not all bad. Make sure that you're taking time and you pay attention so that you don't miss, miss the good things because God is worthy to be praised for absolutely everything. Amen. Amen. There's some good things. And if you just focus on one side of it, you won't be able to praise God for that side of it. Let me, just, let me explain it. If God, we're, man is to always pray all the time. And the scripture in Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So not only am I supposed to pray all the time, right? I should be praising all the time. I should be worshiping him, right? Amen. Now, if all I ever do is focus on the negative stuff, okay? Well, when I begin to apply the responsibility or the practice of worshiping at all times, then I am only going to be able to worship God for the negative things. If all I'm focused on is the negative things. That means that I will, yes, and that's good because we praise God for all things, even the things that don't feel that great and the things that are not good. We tell God, thank you. That's what we do. 
because we know that our God will deliver us and we know he is faithful and we know that whatever he puts in our path or allows to be in our path, it's for our edification, it is for our strengthening and it's gonna get, it's going somehow, some way, God's gonna use that to help get us to heaven. When we know and we believe that, amen. But if I'm focused only on that, then I will only praise God for that. Well, what about the good stuff? If I'm never taking time to exceed the good and acknowledge the good, then I won't praise him for the good things. I'll just be praising him for the negative. No, God wants you to praise him for all things. And the, and the reverse is true. If all I do is focus on just the good things and I walk as though I'm absent-minded and unaware that there are bad things out there as well, even though I don't understand, guess what? Then I will never worship and praise God even for the things that are not good or the things that are that that that. I'm, the thing, when I say not good, God, I'm, I'm talking about, Lord, I don't understand what's happening. Lord, that looks like a travesty. Lord, I under, Lord, this looks like a very terrible thing. But God, in the midst of this, you can turn this situ situation around. You can rescue those people. You can heal that situation. You can stop this thing over here. God, I want to tell you, God, that I still believe that even, if, even in the spite of how it looks and what it feels like, that you are God, you're on the throne, you're in control, and you are worthy, you don't make no mistakes, and you are going to fix this situation, even though I don't know how you're going to do it. See, that's praising and worshiping God for the bad, for the negative. That don't mean I'm all going around like, ooh, I want to be, Lord, have as much bad stuff as possible. No, no one does that. That's nonsense. No one does that. But just because I do not want, I don't want to be touched by anything negative ever. But I know that's not reality. I know that is part of life. And I know that as quietly as it's kept, many times it's necessary in order for my faith to grow and it's necessary for yours as well. So I learned to say, thank you. I didn't start out this way and neither did you. Some of you are better at it than others. But Paul said, you know, hey, whatever, whatever state I'm in, I've learned to what? Be content. Thank you, Jesus for yesterday. Though it feels like it was the worst day of my life. Lord, thank you for today. Although I might be feeling like this, I'm going into the worst time of my life. Lord, thank you for tomorrow if you give it to me. I want to thank you in advance. Because yeah, it might seem like I'm probably going to have to deal with more of what I didn't like on tomorrow, but I want to say thank you because just like you're with me today and you were with me on yesterday, you'll be with me tomorrow. Should you bless me with that? Learning to give thanks to God at all times is a blessing. And here's the thing. God is worthy of the praise and of the honor. So we want to be observant of all things that God wants us to be observant of. And we wanna be able to praise and worship and honor our Lord 
in the midst of all things, whether it's going, everything's going in your favor or it is not, you still want to tell God, thank you. He gave you life. He gave you breath. He's given you a second chance, especially if it didn't go so well the previous days. And, and let's just say some of that is because of the way you were acting. And let's be real. Some of we get up and listen. Sometimes we the architect of our own foolishness. And stuff go bad. You have a bad day because you acting up. Let's be real about that. Oh, it's not always somebody bringing you something. It ain't always the devil did something. No, you did something. Devil didn't have to do nothing. Why? Because you did his work for him. You decided to act ridiculous. You decided to sideline your morals. You decided to put your walk with God on the back burner. You decided to cheat. You decided to steal. You decided to walk contrary to the word of God. And my goodness, that's going to always bring consequences gonna bring problems you ain't gonna have no good day and if you think it's good guess what it's gonna catch up with you because what's done in the dark man it always comes to the light so you only gonna get away for so long had a preacher tell me a long tell a congregation a long time ago just because you <laughs> just because you get by don't mean you're gonna get away you might think you slide by and got pat and slick your way past some things, but I guarantee you, you got, listen, God got you. You're caught on tape. It's coming up. You got to repent of those sins. You got to apologize. You got to go back to the brothers and sisters that you offend. You got to do those things. Amen. 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 So yeah, life will bring you the positive, some in contact with the positive. So be observant so that you can realize what they are and you can tell God, thank you for that. Look at Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 through 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are what? Not consumed. Why? Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I don't know about you, but that's, that's telling me God is worthy to be praised. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. That was Lamentations 3, chapter 22, verse through, uh, and verse 23. So Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and verse 23, okay? Then look at Psalms 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in him. Uh, listen, that, let me, let me try to describe why this verse is so awesome. All the, all the verses are awesome, but let me try to describe just a little bit of why this verse, Psalms 118.24. The psalm writer here says, this is the day which the Lord hath made. Now, when he says this is the day, okay, that applies literally to every day. God made every single day. So you understand that. Hopefully you understand it. Now, here's where the awesomeness comes in. Here's where the awesomeness comes in. God made every single day, but for all intents and purposes, every single day for us is not a good day. Yet, the psalm writer says, this is the day which can encompass both good and bad days, but indiscriminately, 
regardless of which day it is or what or the content of that day, whether it is good or whether it is bad, according to your own interpretation, regardless of all of that. God made it and on the strength of God being the architect of that very day, the writer says, in spite of it all, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Sometimes, listen, the day might be terrible as far as the content, but you got to learn to bless God every day, even if it's just on the strength of the fact that I'm alive today. I might not like anything that happened on that else that happened on that day, but I am going to bless Jesus's name because I have this day. I could be sleeping in my grave. I could not be here seeing my loved ones one more time. And even though it's not ideal for me, guess what? This is the day that the Lord has made. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I told you that that ver- I told you it was awesome. I told you before we started. And, and that's just a little bit. And uh, that's just a that's just a few we, a, a few steps down the rabbit hole of that of that of that verse. There's so much more. There's so much more. And God willing, at some point, we'll get into all of that. Amen. Amen. So. That's good stuff. But yet, but yet, sometimes life will bring us in contact with the negatives of the human condition. Uh Uh-oh, the bad stuff. Brother Walker, I thought we just talked about the bad stuff. We kind of did, but we talked about some good stuff too. Now we got to zero in a little bit more on the bad stuff because now we're walking in closer to our text again um, for those of you who are joining us or joining this podcast or this this recording, Matthew chapter twenty, Matthew chapter eighteen, verses twenty, um, really verses um, 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 twenty-eight, um, or actually twenty-three through thirty-five. I think that's what we what we said. Yeah, twenty-three through thirty-five. Matthew eighteen twenty-three through. Um, 35. Now we're really getting ready to, to zero in to um, a couple verses within that entire scripture set. So we're getting ready to zero in in Matthew chapter 18, specifically in verses 26 through 28, which read as follows. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence and laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me that thou owest. Now we're going to start dealing specifically um, specifically uh, with that particular um, um set of scriptures within the larger context of our um, scriptures for um, this study. Amen. Uh, Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to keep in mind um, that when God, when the Lord gave this parable, um, the Lord started out and he, uh, in this parable, and he told them that he forgave this man that owed him 
10,000 talents. Now, some do the math on that and work that out. Now, uh, it, now when we say talents, he's not talking about your skills and your abilities, all right? So hopefully you understand that. Um, you, but when you break this word down and you start to, um, to, really, uh, um, to really look into it, um, you, you learn um, a couple things, okay? You begin to learn um, that this, these talents, so to speak, was actually a sum of money. Amen. So it was an actual, it was not an actual um, um, skill or ability, but instead it was a sum of money. And the Lord said he gave that the Lord says um, in this parable, amen, that the guy owed him 10,000 talents. Now, when we do the math and all of that, or you kind of start breaking that out according to the, you know, Old Testament measurements and New Testament measurements and those sorts of things, um, um, in, in some circles, it's commonly thought to be that this man almost owed him a uh, million dollars, really, almost. So about 800,000, um, <laughs> you know, $800,000, so to speak. And the point of this parable was that to show you how just how much this Lord forgave this man, Jesus picked this sum, this 10,000 talents, and he used it, why? Because it represented an amount that this man would never have been able to have paid back in his lifetime. There was no way this guy was paying back 10,000 talents, amen. This just wasn't gonna happen. It wasn't gonna happen. And the Lord, um, um, what Jesus used this on purpose, okay? Because the ill, because he's getting ready to talk to us, or he was talking to the disciples, and he's talking to us, okay? And he wants us to know, okay, that there that that we have received graces and mercies, amen. That we don't deserve, and they are things that we can never pay back. And so it was in this parable, the Lord gave the, forgave this man 10,000 talents, almost 800,000, almost a million dollars. Amen. Amen. He just forgave. Him. He, he, he had passion on compassion on him and he forgave him. Amen. Amen. This man was in a bad way. The Lord had had commanded to co collect on his debt. The decree went down to collect on this man's debt. This thing was getting ready to hit his wife. It was getting ready to hit his children. It was getting ready to hit everything that this man had. Everything. Because the Lord had called in the debt. But the man couldn't do that. He couldn't pay for any of that. And so he humbles himself and he goes to the Lord and he asks for mercy. Amen. That's what he does. Falls down and he and and he worships him and he and and he's asking for patience. And this man decides, this Lord rather, he's moved with compassion. That love and action. He, he 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 listen, the same Lord that called in the debt, the same Lord that had a I want you to understand this. The same Lord that had a right to call in debt you understand this man owed him he he didn't he didn't 
He didn't erroneously owe him or, or fictitiously owe him. This man actually owed the Lord. Amen. And the Lord had the right to call in every single nickel. He did. He did. And in fact, he did call it in. He did what he had a right to do. He attempted to collect the debt. My goodness, somebody need to know. God got a right to call you, call in your sin. He got a right. He got a right to throw the book at you. Some of us walk around and act as though we, we, you know, we, we, we are entitled to all of these good things. No, 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 no. What you are entitled to is the same thing that I'm entitled to, which is absolutely zero, nothing. We sinned against God. He didn't sin against us. We sinned against him. We broke the commandments. We broke the decrees. And he has a right to call it in. And so did this Lord have the right to call in that, that call in that debt. And he did. And he called it in. He called it in. He did. He did. Now I want you to understand something. Just as this Lord of that servant called in that debt. You better make sure that you get your heart right. Because the day is coming where the Lord's going to call in that debt. You're skating by and you're getting by and it seemed like, listen, you, 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 you know, you seem like you're getting by with some things, but I told you, you're not going to get away with it. The Ezekiel chapter 18 tells us the soul that sent it, it shall die. God is not playing. God is not playing. See, the day finally came on this servant where that Lord called in that debt. Time to pay up, time to collect. And if you don't get your soul right, if you don't get your heart right, if you don't turn from your sin and turn to God and do what that word says, you don't know what it says, all you got to do is look at Acts chapter 2, start reading at verse 36, and then you and keep on going. You have got to repent of your sin. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. And you've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can't make it no other way. He didn't, he didn't give no other plan. He didn't give no other route. The only escape route, out the, out, out the, the only exit to the game is through Jesus. But you better make sure you take the exit because the day is coming when he's going to collect. These days are getting more and more wicked. The Lord's return is more and more imminent. I don't care what nobody say. Jesus is on his way back. And heaven help you if you ain't got your work done because he's going to collect. Yes, he is. He's going to be. He's He's collecting. He's collecting. I told you we're talking about spiritual debt collecting. Glory to God. We're going to explore all of that. And I want somebody to know that Jesus is going to be collecting. You better have your, your, your lamp filled with oil and trimmed and burning bright because the debt collector is coming. He's coming. 
He's coming. He's the divine debt collector is coming. This man in this story probably never thought or probably tried to push it out of his mind the day that he would have to pay up. Probably tried to distance himself from it. Probably tried to not think about it today. And today I'm just going to focus on my work. And today I'm just going to do this. You know what I'm talking about. The same things that you and I do today. The things that are imminent, things that we know need to be taken care of, things that we know need to be done. We try to put it out of sight and out of mind and push it on the back burner and say, I'll deal with it when it's time to deal with it. You better deal with that sin right now. While you still got blood in your body and breath in your lungs. And by the way, you know, that's on loan to you also. (laughs) God gave you all that too. And I'm telling you that the divine debt collector is coming one day. You better stop playing games with God and get serious about your repentance. Stop that fake and phony repentance that goes through the motion, but be sorry and broken over your sins and turn to God for real. God got a right to collect on these debts and he's going to collect it. He's going to collect one day. Glory to God. He's going to collect one day. I hope, I hope, I hope you've taken advantage of his loan forgiveness program. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm glad. I don't know about you, but I, but I got that loan forgiveness. I, I Man, we go, I can't wait till we get to that part in this, in this lesson here, but we're not going to make that today, but this is just a, looks like this is going to be just our introduction um, to this topic and, and, um, and as we go, uh, so we'll consider this a part one. I love how God, you know, God gives word and, and it always intends. I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be just a one, uh, a one shot deal. And then God says, no, I got enough for you to talk about for a little while. So brothers and sisters, welcome to the new series as we talk about spiritual um, debt collecting. And as we get into this, we're going to explore more and more and more. And so next week we will, when we um, pick up, on next week, we'll pick up talking about the the negatives of the human condition that life will bring you in contact contact uh, with. Um, I know we started out there. Uh, well, we just well we intended to make it there, and we got right up to the door, but we'll have to explore that on the next week. The Lord is collecting, and no man knows the day nor the hour. of his return. You know what that means? Let me translate that for you. It means that you don't know the day and you don't know the hour that he's going to come debt collecting. But collected he shall. You got to have your sins dealt with. Before the divine debt collector comes knocking. Because when he does, when he starts making his rounds to collect that debt, and you haven't taken advantage of that loan forgiveness program that he set up over 2,000 years ago, made available by the sacrifice of he himself, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's name. That's his revealed name in the New Testament. And all that sin and all those debts can be canceled. But if you don't take advantage of the loan program, your debt's going to remain. If I have a debt, it's no different. If I have a debt that I'm supposed to pay, and that creditor then makes up, comes up with a program that allows me to mitigate okay, all of that debt. But this is the process that I got to go through. I gotta, and they have these steps that I have to follow, right? Well, guess what? I only get that debt cancellation or forgiveness provided I go through the process that the collector has laid out in which or by which he will cancel or negate that debt. If I don't do that, then the debt remains and I'm still on the hook to pay for it. That's the same thing with your sin. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but what? Should have eternal life or everlasting life. He made it available. But how are you? Have you taken advantage of the Lord's debt cancellation program? Glory to God. Brothers and sisters, we will pick this up next week. Until next time, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording here. God bless you. Wow.